Do you remember Father Terry who did the guitar blessing? Did a video about it. Same priest, same parish in Chicago doing the Cool in the Gang match. Remember Cool in the Gang? There's a party going on right here. Let's celebrate. What if we put that into a mass? Somebody actually thought of this and said, you know what? It would be cool if we use Cool in the Gang in the mass. Let's let's watch a little clip before we get into it. They also use bubbles. And uh, the whole thing is just crazy. What am I going to do with Cool in the Gang? I don't want to lose Cool in the Gang. I'm going to put Cool in the Gang over here. Well, maybe I'll take Cool in the Gang off. I'll bring him back. All right, here is the clip of what's going on. Michael Haynes, thanks for letting us know about this. Here it is. Shake it, baby! Shake it, baby! I want to say it's interesting too. This is Pentecost Sunday at a Holy Family Catholic community, and uh, everybody dressed uh, red. I guess they're going with the liturgical colors. No harm in that whatsoever. Um, but this is definitely the Boomer generation, and uh, it's interesting. At the very beginning, she's like, "Shake it, shake it." And uh, yeah, they're not going with the hymnal, no Gregorian chant, no Veni Sancti Spiritus. They're going straight up, cool in the gang. There's a party going on right now. Whatever. Let's celebrate. Let's watch it. Shake and bake. I mean, what's going on here? Now, this is in Chicago. And the reason this is notable is Blaise Supich, the Cardinal Archbishop of Chicago, was just appointed by Pope Francis. Let me read it. Breaking news coming out. Was just appointed. I got to clear out my cool in the gang. I got to put cool in the gang back on the screen. Cool in the gang. They, they, this is their song. Did you ever think Cool in the Gang? If you went to Cool in the Gang, you're like, hey, your music's amazing. We're going to incorporate it into the Holy Sacrifice, the Mass, the representation of Jesus Christ on the cross for the redemption of sinners by blood atonement by a Catholic priest. We're going to incorporate that in the Mass. They'd be cool, man. What? Who, who thinks this is okay? I think even Cool in the Gang themselves would be a little bit shocked to learn that their music is being used liturgically. All right. Cardinal Blaise Supich has been appointed to the Congregation for Liturgy and Rites. So the Archbishop who says this is okay, is now going to be part of the committee overseeing liturgy. The same committee being led by Archbishop Roche, who will be Cardinal Roche soon. I talked about him last week. Not a fan. All these guys are cheerleaders for Traditions Custodis. What is Traditions Custodis? Traditions Custodis is the document by Pope Francis that gets rid of Sumorum Pontificum and greatly restricts the traditional Latin Mass. I was in France a couple weeks ago. I was in Paris. Priest there told me that before Traditions Custodis, there was 15 traditional Latin masses in Paris. Now there are five. They are strangling it. They are killing the Latin mass. And instead, what they're doing is 
celebrating the good times. Come on. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. If you like this video, go ahead and give it a like and make sure you give it that thumbs up and then share it on Facebook and Twitter with your family and friends. And if you're new, please subscribe by hitting the subscription button in the corner or below this video and hit the bell and you'll be notified. The priest here is Father Terry. Now, not Father Jerry. I did a video on Father Jerry. Father Jerry was the one who had his iPhone on the altar and he put his elbows on the altar and he was telling um, a story of what one of the, who was it, someone in the parish had told him and was having this kind of dialogue with the camera, with the iPhone. That was Father Jerry. We're talking about Father Terry. Now, you know Father Terry from the video I did on the Novus Ordo oddity of the guitar blessing. The guitar blessing. I have it queued up here. I might have to move it around in the shot here. Yeah. Remember this? This is Father Terry. It's the same place. They got the LeMay background. They got the Christmas lights. They've got the, uh, you got to have a, a, a sign language person. Nothing. I got nothing against sign language. Legit. But I don't understand why the sign language person is always up there like a deacon on the altar. Can someone explain it to me? So here's this. You might remember this one. Loving God. Rock with us as we roll with you. Affirm us so that we may affirm others. Sing your song in us that we may sing it with others. Affirm us, bless us, confirm your presence in us. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. My friends, the Lord is with you. May Almighty God bless us today, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Mass never Amen. ends. We go in peace to love and serve the Lord and each other. Thanks be to God. So you can do that. You can do that. But you can't have a Latin Mass. I mean, you can't do what Catholic priests did for centuries, over millennia. That's bad. You get called into the bishop's office. But if you want to rock while we roll with you, what does he say here? Here he is. God, rock with us as we roll with you. Rock with us as we roll with you. And the best part is the sign language woman. Watch her. She rocks out here. Rock with us as we roll with you. Affirm us. And then you just get not benediction of the Blessed Sacrament. No, you get benediction God of the acoustic today. guitar. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Mass. So this is what you get for liturgy in Chicago. Let's say our prayer. Let's do our, our Father now. Oremus nomini Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater noster, qui es in celi, sanctificetur nomen tuum, venia regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et dimiti nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, se libra nos amalo. Amen. Nomini Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Yeah, so we got the guitar thing. Now let's let's head on back to um, Cool in the Gang Mass. Oh, that's the wrong one. Hold on, I gotta. I need a producer who like cl clicks all the buttons for me. So um, yeah, so here's the uh, Cool in the Gang vibe. Here they are, and and the, I just don't understand why she says shake shake it. What she say here? Shake it, baby! Shake it, baby! Shake it, baby! Why is this appropriate for Mass? I don't know. Thanks, Michael Haynes, for getting this. Now, same Mass here. This is the bubble part. So, they got a layman. He's got his red polo on. He's going to give us a little sermon. 
and he's going to treat us like we're a bunch of nine-year-olds. He's going to do some bubbles. All right. Y'all ready for it? I noticed that sitting next to them was a bubble wand sitting in what one can only imagine was bubble solution. I'm not sure what came over me. I walked over and said, I'm not sure what came over you either, especially now that you're in math. Do you mind if I make a few bubbles? They both nodded in affirmation. And so I went over. I grabbed the wand. Oh, he's getting the wand. He's stirred up the, the wand. solution a little bit. And I don't know if this is going to work, but it's a good try. What? I mean, oops, I got messed up here. Wow. Huh? Why people? I, I've seen people do this a hundred times. This is the problem with the concept of the Novus Ordo and active participation. Let's take a timeout. The idea stemming from Anibal Bugnini, this idea originated in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s, started to get traction in the 50s. The idea is, shouldn't lay people have a job during the liturgy. I mean, we priests are up there and we do all the readings and we lead all the chants and we say all the words and, you know, maybe people need, the people out there, the little people, you know, you little people out there, y'all need to do something. You can't just sit there like quiet, like St. John and the Virgin Mary at the foot of the cross. You need to celebrate good times. Let's get a job for the lay people. What, what can we do for the lay people? So Anand Bugnini, in 1951 through 1954 and 55, he redesigned Holy Week. And some of the things that he did was have the priest face the people for the prayers. Now, previously, the priest faces the altar and the crucifix for the prayers. Why? Because the priest is not talking to the lay people. He's talking to God. Important distinction. That was dissolved. Also, Anibal Bunini said, you know what? During Holy Saturday, the people should say some stuff. Let's get them to, to renew their baptisms. That gives them a job. And also when they bless the baptismal font, that's usually in a baptistry in the back. People can't see that. So let's bring a bucket up front and we'll do it up front. So there's a whole idea that we're going to start incorporating. The lay people need to be active, not active in spiritually, as in uniting their heart, their souls, their minds to God in the sacrificial action of the priest. No, they actually need to have a part in the play. So then they're like, well, they could read some lessons. We'll have lectors and, uh, you know, we can have um, Eucharistic ministers. You know, people can come up and they can actually hand out Holy Communion. We'll have acolytes, male and female. Uh, we have altar boys. That's a good start. Let's get altar girls going. And then some priests were like, well, if we're going to do this, why not have people come up around the altar while I'm doing the Eucharistic prayer? And then you get to the level where you're like, I'm going to have this guy come up with his bubble wand and do something that every person in the world has seen. You get the little thing, you dip it in there and you move. It's no big deal. And this is going to be like an illustration, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit bubble. I don't know. I don't know. But he's got a job to do. See, we got to get everybody with the job, everybody up on the altar. All right, let's let's watch out his bubble thing here. Here we go. I grabbed the wand. He's got a job. Stirred up the solution a little bit. And I don't know if this is going to work, but it's a good try. Wow. Huh? Uh huh? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Oh! 
oh, I'm pretty sure this is the first time this has happened at the feet of the cross of new life. I think it maybe is the first time, and I wouldn't be bragging about it. I would not be bragging about it. Oh! <laughs> Leave a comment right now. Tell me what you think of this. Oh, I'm pretty sure this is the first time this has happened at the feet of the cross of new life. What just happened? What just happened, people? I'm going to do a little Q&A here in a little bit. So if you have a question, just queue it up. Use a question mark. Uh, there's a lot of people here. There's over a thousand. So if you put a question mark while you're in the live chat, I'll know that it's a question. And as usual, I'll try to privilege the super chats and the Patreons. Of course, I'll take questions from everyone. Someone once said, why do you only take questions from Patreons and super chats? Not true. I'd say 70, sometimes 90% of the uh, questions are just general audience. So, But I do feel an obligation to people who support the channel to, uh, to answer those. Now, do you see where we've gotten here? Also, in the Novus Ordo, in the new liturgy since Vatican II, since the 1960s, not only do people need jobs, but the priest gets to be the DJ during the Mass. He gets to remix. So he gets to decide if it's going to be Eucharistic Prayer 1, if it's going to be Eucharistic Prayer 2, uh, memorial acclamations, penitential rites. And then there's this huge hole right in the middle of the liturgy, the Novus Ordo, where it's prayers of the people. And we can put in there anything we want. We can put in there uh, all of our social justice favorite hot topic items, all of our political items, anything that we want to highlight we can put in there without any authorization from a bishop or a pope or any liturgical community. Someone can just throw in there um, their favorite hot topic and force the entire community assembled on Sunday morning. Uh, we pray for, name a democratic platform thing, uh, we pray to the Lord. Everybody say, Lord, hear our prayer. How many times have you been through that? So even the priest is getting to massage and form and turn and resituate the liturgy week after week. And this is why I've lived through it. My wife and I have lived through it with our kids. We've tried everything. This is why we personally made the migration now about uh, 12 years ago to go to a traditional Latin mass. No more surprises. No more lay people singing cool in the gang. Where'd my cool in the gang go? No more cool in the gang at mass. No more Jesuit cheese ball hymns. No more prayers of the people with whatever you know, Susan from the parish council wanted to be inserted into the liturgy. No more father always choosing Eucharistic prayer too because it's fastest and he can get on to his announcements which go on and on and on. Go to the traditional Latin Mass and it's restrictive. It's so rigid. Why? It prevents people, people like us, with agendas, egos, pride, of injecting our wants, our needs, our preferences into the Mass. I don't get to put my political things into the Mass. I don't get to put my voice. I don't get to prance up on stage in my t-shirt, my cargo shorts, and hand out the second person to the Most Holy Trinity, the Holy Eucharist, to people. There's no communion on the hand. There's no... Cantors doing their Broadway music and then they put their arms up and then we all have to do the response. No, it's that old time religion, the old Latin mass. It's consistent. I know what I'm going to get. And most important of all, I can just focus on the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And that's what it all matters. All charity, all love, all goodness, all mercy. 
descends from the Holy Trinity. The Mass itself is the offering of the body and blood of Jesus Christ through the priest working in Persona Christi, offering his redemptive act to the Father through the Holy Spirit. It's a Trinitarian act, and it doesn't need bubbles, and it doesn't need cool in the gang, and it doesn't need a guitar in the cruciform style. And that is why it's just me. It worked for me and my family. And I'm telling you, if you can do it, try to get yourself to a traditional Latin mass and see the difference yourself. Experience the silence. Experience the reverence. The sanctity. It will change you. And then you'll start to experience your baby or your grandbaby will be baptized in the old rite. And you will be blown away, confirmed in the old rite. You'll go to confession in the old rite. You'll see the liturgical year in the shape of the cycle of the year in the old rite. And you know what you'll feel at first? A little bit of either sadness or anger because you have been betrayed by the liturgical experts who thought that you wanted this. They said, oh no, you want this. But that's not what you wanted. You wanted Jesus. When you come to church and you're hurting, maybe you got troubles in business. Maybe you got troubles in your marriage. Maybe you have a wayward child. You have a sick grandparent. You know, it's a valley of tears, all the problems in the world. You need Jesus Christ. I want to go to the foot of the cross and be with Jesus. And as much as Cool and the Gang has some good, good music, I don't want to go on Sunday and see Cool and the Gang or hear Cool and the Gang. And I certainly don't want to see some guy making bubbles. All right, let's take some questions. Saw a couple uh, super chats come in, so we come in there. All right, this is from, I have no idea. Natty put this in here. Shiba dog clapping his hands. Natty, thank you for the super chat. I don't know what that means. Cafe Style says, what did you think of episode two of Mass of the Ages? I've only seen part of it. I haven't seen all of it. I need to finish it. What did you think? Did y'all like it? Let me know. Leave a comment. All right, here's, a, here's one from Slavic Soup. Oops, I'm going to get rid of Cool Gang. He's no, I like Cool. Eh, maybe I'll put Cool in the Gang up here. Now I'm going to get Cool in the Gang off. Slavic Soup. What is the solution? Is it even possible to repeal Vatican II? Have the gates of hell not prevailed at this point? Even Padre Pio said Satan was let into the church. Yes, a video I released early this morning talks about Padre Pio and Satan in the church. Remember, Judas Iscariot was also in the church. He betrayed our Lord. What is the solution? Well, you hear me say every week, pray the rosary every day. You might think, yeah, yeah, Taylor, but we're talking about Chicago. We're talking about bubbles. We're talking about cooling. Guy. I know. Listen, listen. The solution is to come to Jesus Christ in the way he wants us to come to him. He's on the cross. His side is split open. Blood and water run out. His sacred heart is in there. We come to him and we put our problems, our disappointments, in his side wound, up to his sacred heart. We deliver our prayers that way. At the foot of the cross, on one side of us is the Blessed Virgin Mary. On the other side is St. John, the Apostle, Mary Magdalene, the other women. This is the church. This is how we come. So when you pray the rosary, you're living through the mysteries of Christ as revealed in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you're being accompanied by his mother, who was there at his conception, his birth, his entire life, his first miracle, his death on the cross, and his ascension into heaven and the coming of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. 
That is the proper way to understand Jesus. And that's why we Catholics ask Mary to intercede for us, to pray for us. Because we, there's no way that we know Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, unless he was made flesh in the womb of the Virgin Mary and offered that flesh on the cross when the Virgin Mary was praying and standing right below where he says, woman, behold your son, son, behold uh, your mother. John's gospel. So the solution is pray your rosary. I know that sounds maybe naive, but it's not. It's also a time for you to make the great Catholic migration. Maybe you need to move. If you can, with your work, you need to move where you have a traditional parish with traditional priests and traditional sermons and traditional catechesis. There are hundreds of people who have moved. I've met them. Sometimes they come up. Hey, thanks so much. You said move. And I thought, hmm, yeah, we can move. Why don't we move? Let's move here. Now we have a parish. Now we have a school. Now we have a community of traditional Catholics encouraging us. By the way, if you want to do that, I suggest you go to real estate forlife.org realestateforlife.org they can put you in contact with a pro-life conservative real estate agent either sell your home where you're at or find where you want to go dozens and dozens of people have used this i recommend it realestateforlife.org to buy or sell a house and make that migration tell them taylor marshall sent you so you got to migrate look can we change a church that has over a billion people? We have basically zero contact with the Pope, with the Cardinals, with the whole system. All we have is our own small gardens, our own small kingdoms. We have to work there. Tend your own garden. Make sure your, your children know the traditional faith, that you know the traditional faith, that you read your Bible, that you pray your rosary, that you have mental prayer, that you go to confession every two to four weeks. You pray the Angelus, examination of conscience, you live the traditional Catholic life. That's what you must do. Now, I've done other shows on what could happen at the meta level, the big time level, the hierarchical level. And what we need are cardinals to follow the process of St. Robert Bellarmine, as he says in his book, De Ecclesia, where they admonish at least two times the Pope for either tyranny or suspicion of heresy, begin that conversation, that dialogue, if you want to call it that. And then if the Pope is a manifest, pertinacious heretic, he has lost the papacy de facto, the cardinals can discern that, and then they can declare it and move forward with a new conclave. That's the process, not that I thought up, that's the process of St. Robert Bellarmine, who is the theologian on the papacy. So that's the big one, but unless you're watching right now and you're a cardinal or someone important at the Vatican or you're, you're Francis Bergoglio watching right now, there's really nothing that you or I can do about it. So tend your own garden. All right, let's do a couple more questions here. Let's see what we got. By the way, if you like this video, give it a thumbs up and share it. Okay, here's a couple more super chats. Let me scroll, make sure I'm not missing any of them. Okay. Tweaky Kid. Tweaky Kid. Thanks for the super chat. He says, This screams surrender if when our society turns into a Mad Max dystopia, nothing strengthening or remotely masculine there. Sad. Yeah. I mean, when you look at, you know, this kind of stuff, uh, Men with a testosterone can't, account are not real excited about that. Cool in the gang? Like, do you really expect me, Taylor, to go to that? And they're like, celebrate. And I'm like looking around my kids like, this is awesome. Cool in the gang. What? What? No, I'm never going to do that. And my, as a matter of fact, my teenage kids would just melt into the earth if I did that. So, yeah. This is not masculine. This is not strong. This is not going to inspire heroic virtue. Um, it's just entertainment on the way to death and decline. 
So uh, will there be a Mad Max dystopia? This is something that my wife and I and friends and my children discuss all the time. I, you know, evil eats itself. And there's been great overreach in the church and great overreach in the state, in Europe, in America in particular. It can't be sustained. Think of the French Revolution. It was horrible. Lots of heads were cut off. It was short-lived. Something that wicked and that diabolical cannot sustain itself. So, will we be called to be martyrs? Will we have to fight? Yes, likely, perhaps. But it's not going to be that forever, and it's not going to be a permanent Mad Max dystopia. That's my opinion as a dad on a webcam. Thank you, Tweaky Kid. The next super chat is... Lit one, two, three, four. I went to a Latin mass and they are not recognized by the Pope. Is it a sin? Uh, we have to get into a whole conversation on what recognized means. Uh, the Society of St. Pius X, we have from the Vatican itself, as a layperson, you can attend it and fulfill your Sunday obligation. That's a fact. I've made a video about it. I've interviewed an SSPX priest other people on. I've consulted with people at the Vatican, at the Congregation of Doctrine and Faith, and confirmed it myself personally. Um, but I don't know what the other situation is. Uh, there are independent chapels. Some of them can be a little sketchy. Some of the ordinations of some of these priests uh, may or may not be legit. Uh, so uh, there is a reason that we have a process in the Catholic Church of knowing where you can and cannot or may or may not attend Mass, so that's important. But without any more details, um, I can't say. And, of course, I can't give you any carte blanche promises. And, by the way, I got no authority anyway to do that. All right, let's look for some more questions in here. Oh, good. Lots of good questions. Very good. Here's another one from Cafe Style. Cafe why does it seem like Muslims take their worship more seriously? Irreverent mass makes Catholicism seem like it's only for clueless boomers, end quote. Yeah, agreed. Um, I read somewhere that when it comes to men attending religious services, Muslims are the highest demographic. The second demographic was Eastern Orthodox of men attending religious services. And Catholicism, I can't remember what number, it was very low on the list. I believe Protestants and Evangelicals are above us when it comes to men attending religious services. Why is that? I'm going to throw out two possible reasons. Number one, as we just said, these effeminate Broadway liturgies that are run by Jesuits drinking apple teenies and, and uh, sitting around on their you know, leopard pattern furniture and all watching Broadway shows, their presentation of religiosity has no appeal to a man who has any testosterone in his blood. They're not going to go. All right. They're not going to go. I mean, I have my own personal doubts. If the masses we're seeing here are even valid, I have my personal doubts. And I honestly think there's so much liturgical abuse there that I wouldn't attend those masses. I just wouldn't, right? That's not the holy sacrifice of the Mass. That's not the liturgy promulgated by Holy Mother Church. It's a joke. The second reason I think that Catholic men uh, are not involved is, especially since Vatican II, but I think it actually predates Vatican II, there is the idea that the mother, the mother, not the father, is the spiritual leader of the family. Now, this does go into some of the sociological differences between Northern Europeans and Southern Europeans. Southern Europeans tend to be more matriarchal. Northern Europeans tend to be more patriarchal. I know there's exceptions and all that. But the idea of being a mama's boy, and mama is the one who is the religious one. Mama's the one who prays the rosary. Mama's the one, if there's any catechesis or catechism done, mama does it. Guys, men watching this, that's got to stop. You are the leader. You are the father. Priests are called father, not mother. They're the spiritual leaders because the fathers are supposed to be 
the spiritual leaders. I think one reason we got all these effeminate, weird priests is because they were never taught to be a man by their own father. Their understanding of spirituality was, was crafted and molded by their mothers and not by their fathers. Every father watching right now, we got 1,300 people watching. I'm going to guess half of them are males. Men, you better be leading the rosary as the dad, as the leader. You're the one that says, hey, kids, time for the rosary. Oh, dad, do we have to? Yep, time for the rosary, kids. Come on in. You're the one calling out the mysteries. You're the one leading it. Yes, you know, let, let Johnny do the first mystery and Sally do the second mystery, but you're the one leading it. Who's reading the Bible to the family? Dad is. Who's reading devotions during Advent and Lent to the wife and the children? Dad is. Dad's the leader. That needs to be you. God is a father. Can mothers be amazing prayer warriors? Better believe it. Can they be amazing catechists? Yes. Can they understand the faith more than their husbands? Yes. But there is an order and a hierarchy in the home and men need to step up. I think there are in Catholicism, there's an idea that Catholicism and beads are for a bunch of old ladies. And that ain't true. Look at the history of the Catholic Church. That ain't true. And yes, there is a beautiful place for a, a woman's spirituality and a male spirituality. And there is their crossover. Absolutely. But we've sort of lost what it means to be a Catholic and to be a man. To have strength as a man and to have sacrifice as a man. To pour yourself out in your strength as a man. Not weakness, but yes, meekness. We need it. All right, looking for some more questions here. This is a good one here by Aurora. How do I inform my new priest of the abuses that I've been having uh, without coming off as a complainer? It's a great question. We never want to be jerks or hostile to our priests. You never want to make threats. You never want to get loud. People take you more seriously when you stay even keeled. So I would recommend A, Everyone should have a relationship with their priest. They shouldn't be your buddy. They shouldn't be your golf buddy. They shouldn't be your drinking buddy. None of that. They should know you. When they see you, they should be like, that's a nice person. Shouldn't be like, oh, here comes Donnie. It's always chewing me out. What's he got to say today? No. You should always have a relationship with your clergy. You have to build it. Takes time, takes work, takes money, takes dinner. And then whenever you do come with a problem, a complaint, you do it just like any other successful person would do. Let me give you a template. Hey, Father, really appreciated all your hard work during Easter. Thanks so much for baptizing our grandchild. It's beautiful. Everyone is really appreciative of you so on and so forth. Um, I recently noticed something. Can I share it with you? Father says, yeah, sure. Well, I noticed that during the liturgy, boom, 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 is that actually allowed or not? And then be quiet. Now, most of the time, the priests already know the problems. And if they're persistent and they never change, that means the priest either likes the problem or he's afraid to do anything about it. If he likes the problem, you got to find a new parish. Nothing's going to happen. If he's afraid, you need to be one who backs him and encourages him to get the problem fixed. That's my advice. Again, I'm just a dad with a webcam. All right, I'll take just how much time do we have here? Okay, I'll take two more questions. All right, here's a good one right here. 
Dr. Jonathan Jemil or Jamil, Gamil. Unfortunately, my godfather is a Eucharistic minister. He's in his 80s and is very pious. To me, this is a big problem. Question, what is your opinion? Again, it's just my opinion. I'm a nobody. I'm not a Monsignor Bishop or Cardinal or Pope. You know, it's interesting because that older generation, let me give you an anecdote. I was once with an older Catholic couple and they were talking about growing up before Vatican II. And uh, again, these were pious, good people. And I remember one of them saying, for the first time, it was in the 70s, uh, the priest said, you could come forward and receive communion, not on the tongue, which was traditional, but in your hand. That the priest said he's going to now uh, put the host in your hand. You put your hands like this, and you put the host in there. And this old man, I'd say he was maybe in his 70s at the time, he kind of teared up. I was surprised. He said, he said, when the priest, for all these years since I was a child, I always received the host on my tongue. And for the first time ever, I looked down and Jesus was in my hands. And then I lifted my hands to my mouth and gave Jesus to myself. And he said it was just the most remarkable thing. And he thought of it as a positive thing. Now, I didn't want to bust his bubble and there's other people around. I didn't want to get into it, right? But I realized that for that older generation, you know, they didn't grow up the way we grew up by seeing all this liturgical abuse and cool in the gang and bubbles and all that. They grew up in a very tight Catholicism what Francis calls rigid Catholicism. So from their point of view, you know, suddenly seeing uh, like on the sound of music, a nun playing a guitar, they, that would, to them was like revolutionary. Communion in the hand, the, the altar was turned around and now father's, father's looking at us. I'm not saying it's right. I'm a hundred percent against all these innovations. But I realized talking to them that to them, this feeling suddenly of intimacy or egalitarianism was a rush. Does that make sense? The idea that Father would say to you, would you like to come up and read the Bible? Me? Part of the liturgy? And there's this, there's a rush to that. You're important. And, you know, so many people, they want to serve the Lord and serve God. We kind of sometimes do. I'm going to use the word clericalism here, but I think I'm going to use it in the right way. There is kind of a clericalism that unless you're like wearing a religious habit or you're, you have a, a collar and a cassock, you don't serve the Lord. And so I think for people who think that way, they're like, well, if I could kind of act like a priest once a week, I could be a Eucharistic minister or a lector or then I would serve the Lord. The traditional way of understanding this is you serve the Lord by being a dad and a mom and a husband and a wife and an employee by attending Mass on Sundays, fulfilling your Sunday obligation, by not stealing from your employer, by being chaste and guarding your eyes not to look at that woman that you're attracted to or that man that you're attracted to by scaling up the ladder of sanctity to become a saint by enduring illness sometimes for years at a time all of that is serving the Lord I think we all kind of want to take a shortcut and say well if I do something in the liturgy for five minutes then I'm really serving the Lord mm, that's the mistake right there my suspicion is if he's in his 80s and he's a Eucharistic minister, he's committed. He's committed. I think it's maybe worth having the conversation. You know, should there be communion in the hand? Should lay people be touching the body of Christ, the Eucharist in the liturgy? Should that be happening? 
I don't know. Maybe it's worth the conversation. Maybe not. I don't know him. I don't know you. All right. One more. One more question here. Let me scroll through. Oh, my goodness. Lots of people here. This is great. Welcome, everybody. All right. This is the last question. Um, someone says, what if you never get to be a wife or a mother? You still serve the Lord. You still serve the Lord. There's so much for you to do in life. Okay. Uh, one, I'm going to try to find a question here. Looking for longer ones. Looking for question marks. Oh, good. Here we go. This will be a long one here. Monk of War, do you think our popes have been prisoners of the Vatican since Paul VI, ruled over by the Lavender Mafia from behind the scenes? Um, no, I don't. I believe that the Pope since Vatican II promoted the Lavender Mafia. I mean, who made all those cardinals in the 60s and 70s? Paul VI. Who chose... McCarrick to be a cardinal and put him over D.C. and gave him all this power. John Paul II. I'm not saying that there's malice or gravity of sin in John Paul II, but I am saying that these popes are the ones who set up the game, who set up the pieces of what we're living in right now. Who made Bergoglio a cardinal? John Paul II. John Paul II. All the cardinal electors who voted for Pope Francis, they were all appointed by Paul VI, John Paul II, and Ben XVI. How could it be that, I'm not including John Paul I, he was only Pope for 33 days. By the way, more and more, I do think John Paul I was murdered. How can it be that these men who grew up in the system, lived in the system, were promoted in the system, and were elevated by the system to the highest office, and then existed again as Pope and perpetuated the whole thing, how could they be constantly in prison and deceived for 50 years? I mean, did not Paul VI read the documents of Vatican II? Did not Paul VI read the Novus Ordo of the Mass and celebrate it every single day? Did not John Paul II read the 1983 Code of Canon Law, which reduces the accountability and punishment for priests who commit sex abuse? I mean, that right there in the 1983 Code of Canon Law, that change that was made happened under John Paul II's watch. When they had the Assisi prayer meetings where the Dalai Lama put an idol of Buddha on an altar of Catholic Church in Assisi, that happened under John Paul II. Again, these men are probably more holy than I am, but I don't think that they could be perfectly deceived for decades and decades and decades and decades when the documents and the actions are right in front of their eyes. That's just my take. What I do think happened, as I detail in my book, Infiltration, I think it was a frog in a pot. It was slowly done, beginning in the 1800s, 1800s, I didn't say 1900s, in the 1800s, there was a transition, a de-emphasis on dogma, transcendence, the rights of God, and there was a new emphasis or re-emphasis on the rights of man, psychology, humanism, etc. That eventually became what we experience in liturgy out of Vatican II. Politics isn't politics. Haven't Catholic politicians since the 1960s been, for the most part, a total train wreck? Yes. If you're following the idea that every person has a right, a right from God to follow false religions, 
and embrace error. If they, if a politician can say, my conscience tells me to have abortion on demand. If that's your actual theology or actual philosophy that you've been getting from your Catholic priests and in the confessional, you're going to have a political disaster, a political oil spill, which is what we have right now with Joe Biden, Pelosi, etc. or sorry, at all. So it's a much more complicated situation, but that Paul VI, John Paul I, John Paul II, Ben the Sixteenth, and now Francis are all just the best of guys and they just strike out every time with bad advice, I think that's a bit naive. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching. If you like Cool in the Gang, hope you weren't offended by today's show. I'm just saying, Cool in the Gang, celebrate good times, come on should not be in the most holy sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. All right. As I said earlier, make sure you're praying the rosary every single day. If you don't pray the rosary, you're not on the team. Find a traditional at Mass. Find traditional catechesis. Read the Dewey Rames Bible every day. Read the Gospels. Read Proverbs. Read the Psalms. Read the Roman Catechism, the Catechism of the Council of Trent. Figure out what's going on in the church. I recommend my own book, Infiltration. It'll tell you what has gone on for the last 150 years and why things look like the way they do right now, and advice in the back on how we get out of it, how we fix the problems. Go to confession. Live the normative Catholic lifestyle. If you're going to make the great Catholic migration and you want to move to a great place like Texas, find the traditional Latin mass, go to realestateforlife.org. Realestateforlife.org. They can help connect you. All right, let's pray our Hail Mary in Latin. Ave Maria, nomine Patris, et Fidi, et Spiritus Sancti, Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, or Pranobis Peccatoribus, Nunc Eretor Mortis Nostre. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. Saint Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. Nomini Patris, Infidi, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thanks for watching, friends. Remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless and Godspeed.